welcome to Ask the Security Guy. I'm your host, Holly Magnuson, and this is YouTube episode number 45 and podcast episode number eight, recorded for August 2019. And I'll explain a little bit more about the podcast in a couple of minutes. But first, let me introduce you to APU's Security Guy, Sean Corman. Sean is CISSP, CPT certified, as well as a certified ethical hacker with 21 years of experience in cybersecurity. Welcome, Sean. That was a mouthful. Wow. <laughs> sounds like a lot of it when you say it. Yeah. Hi there. Hi. So before we kick off this month's topic, I want to let everyone know um, we're making some subtle changes in Ask the Security Guy. Um, I'll continue to post the show on YouTube, but we're also posting the show as a podcast through Anchor.fm. And the nice thing with Anchor.fm is they distribute the podcast to all the major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and others. So if you prefer a podcast format, please search Ask the Security Guy. Be sure to subscribe and you will uh, get notified when we post a new one. Now we are going to continue to do quarterly live shows through YouTube and the next one will be hopefully in September. So with that, I have one question for you, Sean. Oh boy. What's in your wallet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Today well, we're obviously talking about the Capital One data breach. You know, oddly enough, I do actually have an account with Capital One um, for now. <laughs> As do I, for now. <laughs> uh, but so in, in security, you know, you know, over the past several years, we've we've identified this as just an ongoing thing, and mm -hmm. and we talk about this idea that um, if you haven't been breached, it's just a matter of time. So Capital One has the dubious distinction of being the topic of conversation lately for, for this month. <laughs> well. <yeah. laughs> There were others, but they're the ones that rose to the surface for you know notoriety this month, and and since you know it's been getting so much you know press and, and play in the news, um, I felt it was important to talk to our our, our listeners about mm -hmm. it and help them understand what what happened, what didn't happen, how it happened, um, and what they can do to protect themselves. So I guess first question is what happened. So back in back in March. Um, the breach started, um, and what happened there was a attacker who wasn't really hiding, um, and was a former Amazon employee. Even better. Yes. Um, gained access to some of Capital One's Amazon-hosted servers. Watch me twitch. I, it's a good thing this isn't I, you know, live. I'm okay. twitching. So and everything's not as it seems. Um, so the the first thing that that rose up was you know well, was this an insider threat? Well, that's debated right now, but it's leaning towards actually no. Okay. Um, or a gray area of yes. Bottom line is. When we move servers into the cloud, we take advantage of a cloud security model um, for businesses and higher ed and, and all those things. When we have large computer centers, um, we have physical access control. It's, the, the center is in a locked facility of some sort. Um, there's usually dedicated power and air conditioning and all those things. 
it's it's a pretty expensive proposition. Um, so for small businesses and or large businesses even, um, they're looking at ways to mitigate the costs. Well, Amazon, Google, Oracle, several others have made significant investments in infrastructure. They have you know thousands and thousands and thousands of servers running side by side, and they're available for rent. Mm-hmm. And you take you when you rent them, you rent their security model, you rent their air conditioning, and all their all their stuff, but at scale. Right. So you pay for your slice of the pie. Well, that's great, and the the security tools provided by Google and, and Amazon for in the, uh, as it relates to this conversation um, are actually quite good, and there are actually industry certifications around configuring cloud security products out there now, and uh, they're actually some of the hot new security certifications. In this case, what happened was the Capital One had moved some of its servers into Amazon's cloud. And, you know, it's it's a, from a business standpoint, it's just a smart move. You, yeah, I mean, we're, you're, we do, companies all over the place are doing it. Exactly. You split you split your, your data center, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cost-effective way of doing business. Um, and it's also, when it's configured properly, very secure. And therein lies the rub on this so one. There's the key word, configured. So um, what we know so far is that Capital One had a web application firewall, which is a type of firewall that looks deeply at how your computer interacts with their server through the web page. And it, you know, what are, what are you asking? What are you clicking on? What commands are you trying to send and receive? Those kinds of things. Well, this one was misconfigured and was kind of let the barn door open. Nice. Worse, it let the barn door open to a service on the back end of Amazon services that handles credential management with other servers in that same instance. So, I mean, you want to talk about letting the cat out of the bag, this one really, if, if you're going to open the door, this is really a bad door to open. Yeah. Is this like one that people probably got fired over? <sighs> I mean, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but. <laughs> we don't know, and Capital One will probably never say, but this is a pretty, I would consider this a career-limiting mistake. Yeah. Um, this is just one of those things where it's a massive oversight. So, I mean, we're talking 106 million people affected by this. So it's not small. Now, Capital One, if you go out to their website and you click on the link about what happened to their breach, they're playing it down and they're saying, well, less than 1% of all of our customers. Less than 1% of their customer base is significant. So let's, let's step sideways for a minute here. Their their one percent is one hundred forty thousand social security numbers of our credit card customers, eighty thousand linked bank account numbers of our secured credit card customers, and we will notify these customers directly through the mail. So, snail mail. This thing was d- discovered. Uh, it happened in March, yeah. and it wasn't really discovered until July. Wow. 
So the attacker had persistence. in a, what should have been, a highly monitored, highly secured environment. Should have been. So this is a case of human error, open the door. It happens. Mm -hmm. And it highlights you know, one of the tenets that we have in security, this idea that you know, multiple layers of defense, defense in depth. Well, part of that is having multiple people look at your stuff. Having you know, if I'm if I'm gonna lay in a configuration, guess what? I'm asking several other people to check my work. And if we all miss something, okay, well that's on all of us. But if I didn't do my due diligence to go seek out another set of eyes to check my stuff or poke at it, that's another thing. It's on you. So, and again, and some of this is these are guesses because you know we don't know what. Capital One's protocols are. We don't know what their, what rules their teams follow for configuration and those kinds of things. And they're not, you know, obviously disseminating that information. Yeah, they're not going to tell us what's going on behind the closed doors. But the evidence is the evidence, and the evidence says there was a misconfiguration that was small but significant. It allowed an attacker to go in and pull data from all kinds of places. Um, and, you know, as, as we mentioned, a significant number of social security numbers and bank account numbers. Um, so for instance, Capital One, uh, I know this because I'm, you know, I'm one of their customers, they have a, a thing that they push where they want to link for payment directly to your bank account. Right. Well, these are the bank account numbers that got compromised. Woohoo! Really glad I never signed up for that little special yeah, me thing. Me either. I, I prefer to do it a different way through my yeah. bank um, because I don't like allowing someone access into my account like that. Yeah. So, I, and that, so that's kind of the high level of, of what happened. The next question then is, well, what do I have to worry about? Well, in this day and age, we worry about everything. Yeah, I would say, especially if you were one of those customers who linked your bank account directly like that. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, there's a few things you can do. If you have linking set up and you get a letter from Capital One that says your account was one of the ones that was compromised, um, immediately put a fraud alert with your bank let them know that you were part of the Capital One breach when you call in, and they'll, they'll, they all, most banking institutions already have protocols in place to uh, watch for any unusual activity related yeah. to this, this breach. Um, two, and we talk about this all the time, make sure you freeze your credit. Mm -hmm. Three, put a fraud alert on your credit with the bureaus. It's free, you just sign up, and you can choose a 90 day or a longer, um, but it's worth it. And because social security number data got leaked, um, that's, that's one of those things where you're gonna have to watch everything. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you do have that bank accounts linking set up, my recommendation is I would never use it. Yep, if you've got it, unlink it. If you've got it, unlink it. Um, now, granted, Capital One is gonna be watching their stuff like a hawk, and, and then the last piece of this, though, is, and this is critical, is 
At this point, there is no evidence to show that the attacker disseminated the information, sold it, published it, whatever. Apparently, she was just pulling it and sitting on it. To say she could, or that she did. Something like that. It's, it's, there are some transcripts that were released from uh, conversations that the attacker had with others, and they're just odd. Uh, so no one's really clear about what the motivation was, because it doesn't appear to be financial, which is very unusual in yeah, this day and age. Yeah, this day and age, yeah. Um, so the attitudes around this um, point to an older attitude of, you know, when, when, we, used, when we used to do hacking, and when hacking wasn't a, a dirty word, um, it was to break in to see if we could, just to see if we could. Yeah. It wasn't to do damage or to steal. It was a lot of times, you know, just, hey, we broke in, and I know I and others, uh, we would break into things and then notify the site admins say, by the way, you have this problem, and here's how you fix it. You might want to take care of that. Because the next guy might not be me. Right. And, so, yeah. But there was a time where it wasn't what it is today. Today it is almost entirely about either ideological or financial gain. Yeah. And you know, we, we, you know, we see you know, fake news and all this other stuff and misuse of social media and hacking of you know social media accounts mm -hmm. it's a different world that we live in today um, on so many levels <laughs> we won't even go there <laughs> so but in relation to the breach um, this one is actually less concerning than a lot of others we've seen yeah and the practices that I, you know we talk about putting out there they're just good things to do just in case mm -hmm. because the investigation isn't done on this. And we don't know if that information did get loose somewhere. We just have the evidence that we have so far says it didn't, but that's so far. So far, yeah. So there may be a capital you know, one breach part two discussion, depending on what. There we very well could be. It's been known to happen. Yeah. So, but those are the highlights for this one. Um, I advise my, you know, our users to just, you know, proceed with caution. These are good practices to take mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, when you have your credit report frozen, they, nobody can open a new credit yep. or uh, account in your name without you knowing. So it's it's something proactive that you can do. The fraud alerts are also very handy because mm -hmm. the the tools that the the bureaus use are actually quite good. You can also enable fraud alerts with your credit cards, and most banks have a fraud alert type functionality that you can request. Nice. Yep. So these are good things, especially whenever you get a breach notification letter or there's something like this involved and your name showed up on it. Batten down the hatches. Yeah, most definitely. And just a word of advice, when you do put that freeze on, you know, they give you, you know, most of them give you a PIN number. Don't lose that. <laughs> very true. Don't misplace it for six months because it can make it very frustrating to try to get it unfrozen. Not that I'm speaking from experience. 
<laughs> it was actually for on behalf of my son that we, I'm speaking from. Ah, anyway. uh, yes. Well, that's where a tool like LastPass can you know, help, mm -hmm. help record those securely. Yes. Um, any other last thoughts before we wind this up? Uh, you know, again, just think about the proactive steps that you can mm -hmm. take to protect yourself. We live in an online world, and regardless of, of however involved or not involved you are in the internet, your data is. Yeah, it's um, out there. So just remember that. Um, I, again, I hear people all the time say, oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I don't do the other, and that's great. But banks, credit card bureaus, the feds, the state and local governments, your, your information is already in electronic form, and unless you're doing something proactive to protect it, you're relying on everybody's best effort. Yeah. And so many of these places, they're overworked and underpaid. Very true. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, well, we won't go there either. So anyway, with that, I will say that um, that's it for this month's episode of Ask the Security Guy. If you have questions, um, please email us at iso at apu.edu. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Subscribe um, to the channel, either YouTube or your favorite podcast. Um, and share it with a friend, especially if you know someone who has a Capital One card, or just share it with a friend because you care. <laughs> um, next month, we should be here live on YouTube. And until then, yeah, we'll see you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.